with Heather. The Lord touched her body. She had congestive heart failure, and the Lord healed her. Somebody give God a mighty hand of praise. Amen. So God bless Heather. She came, heard the word, and the Lord touched her. And here's what I know. God will touch you, too. I said, God will touch you, too. He's no respecter of persons. If he did for Heather, he'll do it for you, too. Come on, somebody. I said, if he did it for Heather, he'll do it for you, too. So enjoyed yesterday with men's breakfast. You got, yeah, you could be seated. Otherwise, I'll keep you all day, amen? Men's breakfast, we had a great time yesterday, a great turnout, amen? But what I, lo I love to hear more than anything is testimonies. Because as a preacher, it gets me excited to hear when God's working and moving in people's lives, amen? Man, I could hardly get away, right, Jared? We talked the other day, Jared's grabbed me, uh, he comes down from New York, God bless him, joins us up at Thrive on Sunday nights too, and he said, Pastor, I've just been... Believe in God, you're teaching on healing up there. And he said, so the other day, I just I put to work what I've been learning. He said, the Lord touched me right then and there in my workplace. So what I believe is God's really moving by his spirit. I believe just as I prophesied before, and I stand true to it, that we will see a great end time move of God before Jesus calls us out of here. Amen. Come on, am I preaching the morgue this morning? Or am I preaching the Pentecostal church? Amen. Come on, somebody. I said, amen. What I, what I believe is by God will pour out his Holy Spirit upon his people. And just like when you go to light a fire, sometimes it takes a little bit of spark, amen? But eventually that thing catches on. What I believe by faith is that God's been already begun to pour out his Spirit all over this nation. And people that took a stand for him in faith will experience it first. Oh boy, shout me down when I'm preaching good. Come on, somebody. I said people that stood in faith through all this, this nonsense that went out. I believe we'll be the first partakers of it, and I believe we'll be the ones that God can use. Why? Because if you're willing to take a stand for God, God's willing to take a stand for you. Amen. What you do for God's house, God will do for your house. Amen. Oh, come on. I said, what you do for God's house, God will do for your house. Thank God you're in a place that's a house of miracles. I told Dad a few years ago, I said, we ought to change the name of the church. Ooh, don't shout me down. I said, Mike, we ought to call it House of Miracles. Because constantly, God's doing signs and wonders and miracles by His Spirit. God's healing. Come on, somebody. God's healing bodies. He's still restoring lives and restoring marriages. Come on. And so I got excited. Jared grabbed me, and then somebody else grabbed me. It was just like popcorn miracles. I'm like, I'm just trying to cook breakfast to these guys. Amen? I'm really not that good of a cook. Come on, somebody. Thank God for Gary and some of the other guys on the team to help cook. We had, I don't know, about 45 guys. Right, Chris? Come out yesterday morning. Chris shared his testimony, how God set him free. Just amazing what God's doing in your church and through your church. Amen? Why? Because everything God brings to you, he wants to use through you. Oh, man. I said everything God brings to you, he wants to use through you. I got preaching on this during communion last week at Thrive and really never got off it. But everything God brings to you, he wants to watch this. God brings you joy. Amen? But he also wants you to give joy. If God gives you supernatural peace, he wants you to give that peace. You understand? So when you're out in your workplace this week or out in your place of business, wherever it might be, God wants to use you by the precious power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? I'm not talking about a weird thing. I don't like weird stuff. If you're weird, tell them you go to church somewhere else. Amen? No, I'm teasing. What I'm saying is this. God wants to use you so other people can look at your life and say, man, you have peace like nobody else here. You have joy like nobody else. Man, how, how do you deal with this? How do you cope with this? I notice it seems like you deal with stuff in life, but you're not moved like other people are moved. And it's a great open door of opportunity to be able to share your faith with people. Come on, I said to share your faith with people. How many people are on their way to heaven? Where are the rest of y'all going? No, I'm teasing. Come on. I said, how many people are on your way to heaven? Amen. Thank God you're on your way to heaven, but now we have a responsibility and a mission and a purpose in this earth to take as many people to heaven with us as we can. I said to take as many people to heaven with us as we can. Amen? So may we be people of passion. I said of passion. I have people say, well, I'm, I'm kind of an introvert. Well, God uses introverts too. Introverts aren't so good at opening their mouth and a certain foot. Amen? Like the extroverts might be. Come on, somebody. You're talking, that's your husband or your wife, just keep looking for it. Nobody knows they're talking about them. Amen. Come on, somebody. No, what I'm saying is God has a purpose and a mission for each and every person. I said God has a purpose and a mission and a destiny for each and every purpose and person. Amen. 
He wants to use you by the power of his Holy Spirit. I said he wants to use you by the power of his Holy Spirit. He wants, Mike, everybody you encounter with your business. You might be the only Jesus they ever encounter. Every person you encounter at work is somebody Jesus wants to encounter. But watch this. Jesus isn't going to encounter them unless you display him well. Unless you represent him. Everybody you encounter this week, just, just try and wrap your head around this. Everybody you encounter this week is somebody Jesus wants to encounter. It's somebody Jesus wants to touch. It's somebody Jesus wants to heal. It's somebody Jesus wants to minister to. It's somebody Jesus wants to save. And watch this. It's great you're on your way to heaven, but you have a mission here in this earth to carry out the work of God. I know it's a 9 a.m. service. Believe me, wait at nighttime. I get even rougher as the day goes on. No, I'm teasing. What I'm saying is in your place of business, in your work, wherever you might go, it's not just the preacher's job to preach. And I'm not saying go preaching at people, but you can live your life in such a way that people know there's something different about you. Amen. I said you can live your life and display Jesus and God well. Come on, without being a weirdo. Come on, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, without being a weirdo. Unless you're married to them. If they're weird, well, that's, they got counseling for that during the week. Amen. No, I'm teasing. Look, but you could display him well. Why? Because Jesus wants to encounter everybody you encounter. I said Jesus wants to encounter everybody you encounter. And if you don't do it, who's going to? I said, if you don't do it, who's going to? Well, I, I just don't have the schooling to do all that. Well, talk to the disciples. They're a little bit unschooled. How about Peter? That boy might cuss you out, cut your ear off. Who knows? Come on. Am I telling the truth? Did Peter cut somebody's ear off in the Bible? Did Peter curse some people out? Oh, that's not just a new translation. That's the King James. Come on, somebody. We were kids. We used to try and legalize words because they were in the King James. My mother still threatens to wash my mouth out with soap, and I'm 30 years old. Amen? Been married for seven years. Two kids. <laughs> but watch. Each and every person has a purpose and a destiny, and God wants to use you. Say that. Say, God wants to use me. Come on. Say, God wants to use me. Think about this. The one who created the heavens and the earth. The one who literally, all he did was speak a thing, and this whole thing existed. Amen. I mean, think about that. The Bible says that the earth was out form and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. But the Spirit of God was hovering, waiting for God to speak. Waiting for God to declare a thing. Waiting for God to say something. And the minute God spoke, light be, there was light. The minute God said, put an ocean there, there was an ocean. Come on, somebody. The minute God said, let there be day and night, there was day and night. Let there be seed time and harvest. Come on, somebody. Let there be seasons. God spoke this whole entire thing in existence, and the Holy Spirit carried out God's work. What I'm telling you is God lives on the inside of you. God wants to use you in your place. It's time you start speaking the thing and start declaring the thing. Instead of saying, my kids are going to be strung on drugs their whole life. Well, Johnny's a heroin addict. Johnny's a dope head. Johnny, no, no, no. I see Johnny through eyes of faith, worshiping Jesus. I see Johnny as a preacher of the gospel. I see, you see, you begin to declare and decree a thing out of your mouth and the Bible says the Lord will establish it for you in Job 28 22 and the light of his favor will shine upon you and establish you in all your ways what I found out is God's spirit is in us but it's also upon us I said God's spirit is within us but it's also upon us his spirit is within us for us but it's upon us for others I said his spirit is within you for you but it comes upon you for other people oh boy don't shout me down when I'm preaching good I know it's early. I, you know how you know you're in a good church? I just went to use the bathroom backstage, Chris, and somebody left an unopened Red Bull on the sink. <laughs> I thought, oh, Lord, that's temptation. Come on, somebody. Now I'm teasing. In the backstage, ba I, so I don't know who did that. Sorry about your Red Bull. No, I'm teasing. I left it be. What I'm saying this is, though, folks, really, God wants to use you. He has a purpose and a destiny for you. But you have to make a decision, not only to follow God with your life, but make a decision each and every day that God is going to use you. Amen. I said that God is going to use you. God wants to use you, but he's not just going to, you know, you're not a puppet on a string. He's just going to take you and shake you and, you know, bake you. 
No, you got to be willing and open for God to use you. Say, Lord, use me today in my workplace. Lord, use me in my place of business. Lord, help me, strengthen me, empower me. Instead of saying, I'm not good enough, I'm too fat, I'm too stupid, I could never do it, I'll never make it. No, no, no. So you stop saying what the devil's saying about you and start speaking what God's word says about you. God's word says you are blessed, you are highly favored, he has great plans for you, plans to prosper you and never to harm you. Goodness and mercy are still following you all the days of your life. Come on, somebody. I didn't even drink that Red Bull I'm getting on this thing. I said, goodness and mercy still following you all the days of your life. He still wants to use you by the power of the Holy Spirit. He still wants to use you in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He still has great plans for you. Stop saying, well, I'm too old. Well, what are you going to do when you meet Abraham someday? Old boy at 100 years old putting a Marvin Gaye on. Come on, somebody. What's your excuse? At the age of 85 years old, the Spirit of God came upon Abraham. I'm talking about the Spirit of God coming upon you to do something in your generation, to do something in this earth before you go up out of here. The Spirit of God came upon Abraham at 85 years old, and he ran the length of New Jersey in one night. Tom, I don't want to run from here to the food pantry. Amen? Let her run the length of New Jersey in one night. David said, when the Spirit of God came upon me, I feel like I could run through a troop and leap over a wall. Wasn't exactly a spring chicken when he said that either. Samson, used by God, fell from grace. He said, God, if your spirit comes upon me one more time, man, I'm going to grab a pillar here and grab a pillar here, and I'm going to tear this thing down and slay all these Philistines. Amen. God, like David said, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me, your precious presence, God. What we need more than anything is the presence of God. We need more than anything. What everybody you encounter this week, what they need more than anything is not, well, I I want them to come to my church or do whatever. Look, I hope they do come here. But what they need more than anything is to encounter the power of the one true living God. They need to encounter the power of the Holy Spirit. And how are they going to encounter it if you don't do it? God works through people. I said God works through people. Watch this. How did you get saved? If nobody was preaching, how are you going to get saved? I don't care if it was a Billy Graham crusade, it was something you watched on TV, it was maybe this ministry, it was whatever, but somehow, some way, somebody was preaching the gospel and you heard the word of God, you believed with your heart, you confessed with your mouth, but thank God somebody took on the mission to preach the gospel. Thank God somebody cared enough about this dying and hurting world and said, God, I thank God I'm on my way to heaven. But God, I believe it's, now it's time for me to live outside of myself. I believe you brought it to me, but you want to use it through me to be a blessing in my generation. Amen. Thank God for the Billy Graham. Amen? Thank God for a preacher that was willing to have the backbone. I'll church it up. The intestinal fortitude. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all get that on the ride home. The intestinal fortitude to stand up and say, look, I, I, I don't feel qualified. I don't whatever. But when his spirit comes upon me, when his spirit comes upon me, it lifts me up. Come on, somebody. You lift me up. You bring me to a place of where I then put on the mind of Christ. I begin to see with the gift of faith. The gift of faith is simply seeing things, not as you would see things in the natural, but seeing things as God sees them. A lot of people, well, I'm not sure on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's really not much to them. Oh, boy. You know what I found out is? You don't have to try and work them up, muster them up, anything else. You just got to be willing to flow with God, and God will use you in them. Oh, boy, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. It's easy to get folks healed. Woo, not all at once. Come on. I said, it's easy to get folks healed. You know what I found out, Lamar? If I could get them to see themselves well, to operate in the dimension of the fourth dimension, dreams and visions, the Holy Spirit is the dimension he operates on. Get them to see themselves well, they can receive their miracle like that. If I get them to see themselves, look, you ain't going to talk me off this thing. Wally, who was here yesterday in the men's breakfast with Mikey, I love those guys. And we were talking to a guy who's new to Thrive, came down to breakfast yesterday from Beach Lake. And he, I, he said, you know, man, I was supposed to die two years ago. It's like 30-some years old. He said, pastor came in, Pastor Terry, to the hospice ward to see me. Man, and look, at here I am two years later. i just been doing everything. They, I just stopped listening to what they told me I was supposed to be doing. I was supposed to die. He said, I just decided I'm going to live by what the Bible says. Watch this. I'll never forget we walked in there. 
right? Dad and I were believing God. I mean, a young man, 24 hours to live. What do you do? I tell you, most ministers do it. They go in reading the last rites. Come on. You're not in the right church for that nonsense. Come on, somebody. You might get another assembly of God, minister, you know, full God, whatever, come in and read you the last rites. No, we're coming in to believe God. He's going to heal you. He's going to raise you up. The gifts of healing are still working. The working of miracles. Come on, somebody. It's coming your way. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is upon us to be a blessing in our generation. I'll never forget we walked in there. I said, Wally, we got two options, man. One of two things is up to you. Either we can do your funeral later this week, or you can see yourself well and the Lord will raise you up. Why? Because I know his word can't return to him void. Why? Because cancer has no right killing a 34-year-old man. Why? Because cancer has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. Come on. I said, cancer has to bow its name to the name of Jesus. Let me take a step further. Coronavirus has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. I know not too many preachers still believe this thing, but I'll cut my teeth on this. Someday I'm going to stand before God. And the Bible says for teachers, they'll be held seven times more accountable. So I don't care who doesn't like me or who don't whatever. I'm going to preach the unadulterated word of God, tell you the truth, whether you like it or not. Come on, somebody. But thank God he had a couple of men of God. Believe God in faith. Going in there. I said, well, it's one or two days. We'll do it however you want to do it. We'll give you a heck of a funeral or we'll, we'll see, see God raise you up. That's up to you, man. Not my sound rough and sound bold, but let me tell you something. When you're facing less than 24 hours to live, what other option you got? I said, what other option you got? <laughs> he said, no, I'm going to live. Dad said, the Bible says with long life, God will satisfy you and show you salvation. 34 years old is not a very long life. So we joke about it. About six months later, Tom, he was out there serving over the pantry. I said, weren't you supposed to die like six months ago? Look, he said, oh, that's not a laughing matter. No, it is. I'll tell you why. The Bible says God sits in the heavens and laughs at his enemies. We laugh about it now. Not that we're laughing about death. No, no. We're laughing because the devil thought he was going to take him out. The devil thought he was going to have his life. Until the gift of faith took over, and Wally saw himself doing well. Wally said, no, no, I'm not going to die. I'm going to live, Pastor. Right? He said, I believe you guys lay hands on me. I'm coming up out of this thing. And then he put feet to his faith. Somebody say, feet to our faith. Because when we're going to show people how good our God is, or demonstrate the goodness of God, or be used by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God upon your life, watch this. We've got to put feet to our faith. Amen. Not just serving them lip service. Oh, boy, come on. He says, there's a people who praise me with their mouths, but their hearts are far from me. The Bible says faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. You're not saved by good works, but once you're saved, you ought to do some good works. Oh, boy. I said, you're not saved by good works, but once you're saved, you ought to do some good works. Some of y'all did enough bad damage out there. It's time to, you know, get on the other side of things and repay some things. Amen? Come on, somebody. No, what I'm saying is this. Wally, the gift of faith, kicked on. Saw himself well. Man, I was telling, talking to him about it yesterday. His brother-in-law, Mikey. Man, he was like skin and bones. It's like nothing left to him. He didn't have any strength, but he took his feet and swung himself over the side of that bed. He grabbed that walker. Grab that walker. I'm not a sissy by any means, but when the Spirit of God starts moving, you see God do a thing and work a miracle in somebody's life. That's why I can't get backed off this thing. I've knocked on death's door a few times myself, and God's brought me back. I've watched God heal people's bodies. I've watched them heal too many people. I've watched them work too many miracles. I've watched them do too much stuff for you to talk me off this thing. What I know is I don't care if I'm the last man standing, preaching this thing. God's still working miracles. God's still healing bodies. God still wants to use you by the power of his Holy Spirit, pandemic or no pandemic. Watch this. Everything else in the world might get shut down and closed down, but you can never stop the work of the Holy Ghost. You can never stop the church. 
Jesus said, on this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Watch this. If Jesus said it, I don't care what preacher says. Well, I just Romans 13. No, you're out of context. What I know is if Jesus said it, the word of God as always goes and accomplishes that which he purposed it to do. It cannot return to him void. What I know is this. He's still moving by the power of his Holy Spirit. He's looking for people like you. He's looking for people like me to stand in faith and say, I still believe. I believe the word of God is coming to pass. I believe he's using me by the power of his Holy Spirit. Watch this. I believe we'll see more people saved through heaven's gates and hell's flames. Watch this. For the one year anniversary, two weeks is slow to spread. Oh boy. Nothing like sticking a knife right in the devil's gut. Two weeks is slow to spread. Coming up on a one year anniversary. You know what we're going to do? Win more people to Christ, brother Bill, than we ever have before. Thought he shut it down. You got a big mistake. You might have shut other places down, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Here's what I know. If there's a pandemic or no pandemic, God still called me to do what I'm doing. I still got to do what he called me to do because I'm going to stand before him one day, and so will you. And I only got one thing to say, J-E-S-U-S. He saved my soul. He took my place. But as for me and my house, we did our best to serve you. We did our best to honor you. We did our best to represent you in the earth, God. We might not have got it all together, might not have got it all right, but God, as for me and my house, we didn't back down. I just like Jesus didn't back down when he had the opportunity to. If Jesus didn't back down when he bore that cross and bore your sin and bore your sickness and disease, then what right do you have to back down? What right do you have to say, well, I don't, I, I'm just worried about me and my family. No, it's not about you anymore. You received Christ as Savior to live as Christ, to die as gain. What I know is this, that I'm on my way to heaven, but I'm going to take as many people with me as I can. Why? Because that's the mission that God has for you and I. That is the mission and the purpose you serve in this earth. Your mission and purpose isn't to work 40 hours a week, hopefully retire, live a few years, maybe go on a vacation or two, maybe grab a Rolex watch or something. No, your purpose in the earth is this, to take as many people to heaven with you as you can. I said it's to take as many people to heaven with you as you can. God gave you that business to be used. Oh, man, I said, God gave you that business, sir, ma'am, to use as a beacon of light to people in your area of expertise. Amen. God gave you that job, believe it or not. He might have even gave you that foreman. Some of y'all think you work for the devil. Amen? No, he just needs the devil cast out of him or her. Come on. No, God strategically placed you there on purpose to use you by the power of the Holy Spirit to be a beacon of light in these last days before that angel blows that trumpet and they take us up out of here. Come on, somebody. God wants to use you. Say that. Say, God wants to use me. Amen. Come on. Think about this. The creator of the heavens and the earth wants to use you. He wants to use me. <laughs> I hear more people make excuses for why they can't do the thing God's asked them to do. I said, well, what about when God used a, bi uh, a donkey in the Bible? I almost used the King James one. Amen. Now I'm teasing. God used a donkey. How about when God had Samson tie all the foxtails together? Come on. How about in that snowy day when Benaiah was in a pit with a lion and God took care of him there too God wants to use you wherever you're at how about when he had Noah building a boat in the middle of Iraq where it never rained before how about when he called Abraham who was a heathen man out of the era called these by the power of his Holy Spirit at 85 years old he got up and ran the distance how about David when his own father didn't believe in him the prophet amen at least I got somebody who's a fan come on somebody It's okay. Usually they don't like me. At least she likes me. Amen? Smart parents having their kid in church. How about David? His own father didn't believe in him. Prophet comes to his house and says, there's got to be another kid. No, this is it. Okay, there's one more. You got me. He's redheaded. He smells like sheep. He's kind of weird. Did I mention he has freckles too? I mean, read it. His own father didn't believe in him. Talk about a real confidence booster, amen? The prophet says, no, we're going to rise and anoint him. He'll be the next king over Israel. Whew. Faith doesn't operate in natural circumstance. Faith doesn't operate in time. 
God's spirit's not operating just, well, it's his natural. Yeah, he's, he's freckled, redheaded, smells weird, acts weird. He's out there playing a harp, singing a sheep. I don't know. I, I won't say that joke. That's terrible. I was going to say something about bathrooms, but never mind. <laughs> you can't have a good time in church. You won't like heaven very much. I'm telling you, we're going to have a good time in heaven. If you live anywhere near me in heaven, we're going to party with a capital P. Amen? They think Coachella or one of these things on how to throw a party. No, we're going to party. Amen? We're going to laugh and have a good time forevermore, Mike. In fact, the Bible tells us in Revelation that in the last days before Satan's sorry rear end, that's my translation, is thrown in the lake of fire once and for all. The Bible says that veil will be brought down and the nations will say, this is the one. This is him who tormented the nations. He's a pipsqueak. He's a punk. He's the one that caused my children all these problems. And the Bible says we'll laugh at him before he's thrown into the lake of fire. Here's what I know. Why do you magnify your problem and magnify everything and why you can't do it? And I'll never make it. I just don't know if I can invite them to heaven's gates. Oh, Jesus. That's, uh, I'm not that kind of person. Look, it's so simple. Go to a restaurant today. Thank God we can go to a restaurant. Amen? I said, Amen. Leave a generous tip. Oh boy, what I got, a church full of cheapskates? Amen. I said, leave a generous tip, amen? And then just, just leave a couple of them tickets for Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. Work's already done for you. All you got to do is not be a cheapskate. Put a smile on your face, amen? It's not that hard. If you're cheap, tell me go somewhere else. I don't know. No, I'm teasing. Look, it's so easy to reach people for God. It's so easy to reach people for God. And there's never been more of a need than now. There's never been a greater time than now. Today is the day. Because guess what? Tomorrow's not promised. For years, we've made excuses. You know, well, when I get older, I, you know, maybe I'll take care. Maybe I'll. No, 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 no. Today is the day. What if that angel was to blow that trumpet today? How many people are going to die today, virus or no virus, and split hell wide open? Look, I'm not a, a, a you know, one foot in hell, one foot on banana peel kind of preacher. I don't believe in condemnation. I believe condemnation is the enemy of faith. What I do believe is, is in passion and motivation and doing things for God. I said doing things for God. You know what I found out? You don't even have to be qualified. He said in Colossians 1 that he qualified you already. Oh, Jesus, what do you mean? Uh, you qualified me? I, 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 yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. Leave the yabbits in the woods. Come on, somebody. <laughs> when are we going to believe God? And say, God, I believe I am going to live my life on purpose. I believe you do have a mission for me. Come on, somebody. I believe I am here for a reason. I believe God you brought me back from the dead one too many times to not do something for you. Can I be honest with you? A lot of times on Sunday nights, I don't feel like going to Honesdale. Just being straight with you. We get here early Sunday morning, Mike. We're here all day. A lot of times I get home at like 4.15, 4.30 on Sunday afternoons. By the time we get done, last dog's hung, everything's done here. Shut down, locked up. I literally go home. Change my clothes, put on a little more smell good, amen? Come on, somebody. Nobody likes anything smelling bad, amen? That's a whole different lesson for a different day, amen? And I get in the car, and a lot of times, Mike, I'm like, oh, Jesus, I ever need a Red Bull? I need about a whole case of them right now, amen? No, whatever. But by the time I get there, oh, man, start praying on the way there. Start putting on a worship me, just believe in God. I feel the Spirit of God welling up on the inside of me. I remind myself of what I'm doing. That it's not about me. It's not about my comfort. As much as I'd like to lay down and take a nap, come on, somebody, or go to bed and say, oh, God, it's Sunday night. I'd like to just chivo out, amen, or do whatever. No, I remind myself that I have a purpose and a destiny and a mission. Watch this, because there's people up there that need Jesus. It's costing us a ton of money to do that up there. There's not one salary being paid out, not anything like that. It's costing us a boatload of money. I'll be straight with you. Ask, ask these guys on my, my board. But the mission is greater than the dollar sign. Oh, man. I don't really care so much what it costs me when I see people giving their hearts to Jesus. 
When I had somebody come up last week, 17-year-old girl, who came into service with a burn on her foot. And as I was preaching the gospel, right? Preaching the gospel, she thought the pain just left her foot immediately. She said to her mom, I think my foot just got healed. Her mom said, shh, we're in church. No, I'm teasing. Her mom's a great person. She started taking her shoe off while I'm preaching. Now, I didn't see her. She was over there in the road. Thank God. I said, put that shoe back on. So smell that sticky foot. Amen. Come on, somebody. The Lord not only took the pain away from her, the burn disappeared off her foot just like that. I've watched a man since Christmas Eve, first time he ever came in a Muslim. Well, he was a Muslim. Been coming every Sunday night since. He's got the best laugh I ever heard in my life. I love it because I joke around a little bit once in a while. I like to have a good time. He laughs. He'd make anybody laugh. It's like the gift of joy just comes out in his laugh. Amen? Been coming every service since Christmas Eve. Why? Because he found out Jesus was the only way to heaven. I have a friend. His girlfriend's a... She was born and raised Hindu. was never in a Christian church in her life. Lived down in West Pittston. They've been coming to Thrive every Sunday night. She's been there the last three Sunday nights in a row and is really enjoying it. Never heard anything like this. Never heard about Jesus. She's a Hindu person. So every time I don't feel like going, come on. Amen. Come on, somebody. Give that girl a hand. Amen. She's getting down with the preaching. Every time I don't feel like going, I don't feel like doing things. Well, I, just, I have to remind myself I'm not moved by my feelings. I need to be moved by my faith. I have to remind myself i got to live outside my comfort zone because comfort is the enemy of faith. Condemnation is the enemy of faith. I need to remind myself it's not so much about me and going to heaven. As great as I'm on my way to heaven, my family's on their way to heaven. It's about other people. It's about the Muslim guy that's there. As much as these guys are probably tired out by running cameras and audio and media and serving and doing all this stuff, three services now on a Sunday makes for a long day. Worship team, all these people. It's worth it every time somebody gives their life to Jesus. It's worth it for that person that was a Hindu that's now given themselves to Christ. We had a girl last Sunday night. She had a shirt on, 60 days sober. She got delivered a meth on Christmas Eve. I haven't told anybody this, but she's the reason that we started the church the week after Christmas Eve. Because, by the way, we're supposed to be doing everything, we're doing everything wrong. We're supposed to get a launch team together. I'm supposed to motivate like 125 of you to come together and serve up there and do all this stuff. And I understand that. I think teaching is great. I think training is great. But when I saw Jesus set that girl free in a Christmas Eve service, I said to Dad, we're starting next Sunday night. I know we don't have the money. I know we don't have the stuff. But all I know is we have to go there and do this. I can't lose another person to hell. I, I, I don't care what it costs me. I told him the other night, you want to find another location? I'll preach Tuesday night. I'll preach Thursday night. I'll pre I don't care what day of the week it is, what hour the date is. I'll do whatever it takes to win as many people to Jesus as I can. Because our job and our mission in this earth is to take people to heaven with us. So she had a shirt on. Again, 60 days clean. From meth. Beautiful girl in her 20s, man. I'm over here at Carbondale. She's had like 20 of her family members come. Because she's been in and out of rehab, and it's never worked for her. But she got touched by Jesus. She got touched by Jesus, man. 60 days later, she ain't smoking no meth. She's not doing any drugs. Jesus took the taste right out of her mouth. I'm not against 12-step, but I do believe is you need to get into one step. I said, I'm not against 12-step. I think it's great, but I believe in one-step, Mike. I believe in J-E-S-U-S. -S. I believe he could take the taste out of your mouth for that thing. I believe by the power of his Holy Spirit, he'll break sin off your life. He'll break bondage off your life. He's still taking addiction out of people's life. So you know what? I look at it, I'm not toting myself up. I'm toting the volunteers up, but thank God the volunteers were willing to live beyond themselves to come up there every Sunday night and plow ahead and believe God that people need Jesus in Wayne County. Thank you to you people who tithe and support this ministry. You know why? Because I believe someday when you get to heaven, there'll be a whole bunch of folks there because you're giving. God, we had somebody write us a couple weeks ago. They're watching the, I found my Faith-Filled Friday broadcast in Amsterdam. I'm watching Amsterdam on Fridays. I thought, my God, my preacher, like really, there's a whole lot of better preachers out there, amen? I told somebody before, I said, key to my preaching, I just brag on God till he shows up and does what he does. It makes me look good. Amen? You got people writing us in and watching the thing from Africa, Jamaica, and the islands. People watching in Montreal 
Amen. Some family up in Montreal. God bless them. Look forward to seeing them soon when this nonsense is over with. Amen. My wife hasn't seen her family in almost a year, almost a year and a half because of this nonsense. Amen. People watching all over the place. People getting healed all over the place. People writing us in with miracles. Had a woman write us a couple months ago. Her husband's been in a coma for two years. I'm trying to get her to pull the plug on him. I don't know what's actually called this. You know what I mean? She won't do it. She's been believing God. She found our teaching on television in the morning time. So she found it on YouTube. She heard me say one time, you can watch on YouTube anytime. Put it on there. Start playing the word of God. He woke up out of that thing. He started getting movement back in his body. Guess what? He's out of that hospital now. She said, there's one last, last thing. He's still getting dialysis. I said, well, the Lord healed the rest of it. He'll take care of dialysis too in Jesus' name. I don't do this as a hobby. I don't do this because I need something to do. Believe me, I, I run like a nut job, amen? Then again, I don't sleep. What else am I going to do anyhow? I do this because I believe that people are worth it. I, do, I believe we do this because it's an investment in people's souls. I do this because I believe signs, wonders, and miracles point to Jesus every time. Because when that man who was formerly a Muslim saw somebody get healed, he said, well, I, I ain't never seen Allah heal anybody. Hindu girl, I never saw Buddha heal anybody. I said, that's because they're dead. But Jesus is still healing people. Come on. Jesus is still working miracles. Jesus is still changing people's lives. Jesus is still taking the taste of meth out of people's mouths. He don't matter if it's Christmas Eve or what. Easter, it don't make a difference. I said to her, I said, you just made Jesus' birthday. Come on. Why? Because, folks, we need to be people. I hope you don't mind me sitting down. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm a little tired, amen? We need people like you to be used by God's Holy Spirit. I'll say it again. Say, God wants to use me. Come on, say, God wants to use me. The Bible says the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. I said the Bible says the harvest is plentiful or bountiful, I believe the King James says, but the laborers are few. In other words, God's looking for people to work. Well, I know we don't like that word in this generation. Come on, somebody. He's looking for people to work. God's not a socialist. Oh, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. I said, God's not a socialist. God wants people to get out there and get to work. Why? Because God has a plan to redeem this earth. The Bible says this in 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow, as some may think, concerning his promise. No, he's waiting that all and willing that all would come to repentance and to save and acknowledge him. Lance, is everybody saved? No, no, no. I'm being straight. Is everybody saved? Now, the Bible says it's God's will for everybody to be saved, so why isn't everybody saved? The Bible teaches us it's God's will to be healed. Why isn't everybody healed? The, God, the Bible teaches us it's God's will for everybody to be blessed. Why isn't everybody blessed? Why? Because you and I have a purpose and a destiny and a mission in this earth to carry out by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says this in Romans 10. How will they hear unless a preacher goes? Faith comes by hearing that by hearing the word of God. How will they hear unless the preacher said? You know what I found out? God wants to heal people all the time. He's looking for somebody that has the intestinal fortitude to lay hands on the sick. He's looking for somebody just to speak the thing. Look, I'm not a gifted healer or any of this type of stuff. What I find out is signs, wonders, and miracles follow the preaching of the gospel. What I find out is God just wants to work and he's looking for any dummy to do it. I just decided, hey, here's the dummy, use me. Come on. I said, Lord, I believe you are who you say you are. I believe the word is true. I believe it always accomplishes that which your purpose is to do. God, if you want to heal some folks, use me to heal them. Amen. You know what I found out? He's used me by the power of the Holy Spirit all over the place to heal folks. I met a woman in Maryland a few weeks ago. She was on vacation in the Poconos. Turned the TV on at 530 in the morning. This little guy was yelling at her on the TV. <laughs> Amen. That's what you call a divine wake-up call. I said, honey... I'm the best looking news anchor you ever saw. Amen. No, I'm teasing. She said, we were on vacation in the Poconos. Turned you on. She said, I never heard anybody preach faith like that before. 
said, you were preaching about fear tolerated is faith contaminated. I see you get around me, you hear me preach that all the time. Oh, boy. She said, then, your dad came on after you. I said, yeah, I'm just a better-looking, skinnier version of him. Amen? Come on, somebody. She said, then your granddad came on after him. She said, I really liked him. I said, everybody likes him. He's like father time. Amen? Come on. She said, we were on vacation for a week. Every day. She said, I'm going to set the thing and see if they're on tomorrow. I'm going to set the thing. She watched us every day for a week. Struggling in her body. Was considered permanently disabled in her 30s. Two precious little kids. When she found out I was preaching in Bel Air, Maryland a few weeks ago, she drove to Bel Air. She lives in a different part of Maryland to be in those meetings. I didn't know her from Adam. I'm preaching. The Holy Spirit said, I'm going to touch that lady over there. She's got a problem with her nerves and her back. and whatever. So I said, ma'am, I don't know. If you wouldn't mind, please stand and lift your hands. God wants to touch you. Holy Spirit healed her immediately right then and there. She came up to me after. She said, I'm so glad I did what I did to get to this church. Why? Because I'm some great healer? No. But because the Holy Spirit woke her up watching Fox. That's what we're on, Fox, isn't it? And some other one. I don't even know. I don't have TV. I have a TV. We don't have cable or whatever. I made up my mind a while ago when I went on TV. I don't like hearing myself as it is preached, let alone am I going to watch myself in the morning time. Nobody deserves that punishment. So I canceled the TV and that was that. Amen. I'm teasing. She said, because, watch this, you guys partner with this ministry and put this ministry on television. That woman heard the gospel, received faith almost two years ago in the Poconos. And a couple of weeks ago in Bel Air, Maryland, God healed her body. She's not disabled anymore. She went back to work full time in Jesus' name. That's why I say... That's why I say, Sharon, Jim, that's why I say, when we have a passion to win the loss, a passion to display God well, and people partner with that vision, there'll be people in heaven because of you. Look at the ministry, just to highlight one of them, the Never Alone, the Kenya Widows Ministry. Up until that time, there was never a medical clinic in Kenya. Thank God my mother has the medical background she does. They want me to come. I said, I'll come preach. As far as doing any medical things, probably not the guy you want, Amen. Then again, I don't think you want Dr. Fauci either. Amen. <laughs> oh, boy. Don't worry. I'm an equal opportunity offender. Republican, Democrat, I offend them all. Amen. If you want to get the Fauci ouchie, that's up to you. You can have mine too. Amen. Anyway, take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. Worship team, you can come back. I'm going to start landing the plane before they give me the Fauci ouchie. Amen. Come on, somebody. <laughs> But thank God that she had a passion to help these widows and orphans in Kenya. The Bible says true religion is taking care of widows and orphans. That's in James. And went there, and this church right here, you people planted a church in the bush of Kenya. My dad said they had to take a van ride. He called it a, what do you call it, African massage? It was, what, 13 hours in a beat-down van? I said, yeah, if I'm coming, I don't roll like that, amen? There's a thing called an airplane, and I don't care we'll land that thing anywhere, but I'm getting on a plane and doing that. Come on, somebody. I could believe God for that, amen? I had enough massage in my life. I don't need an African one, amen? <laughs> Thank God, because of partners like you, though, there, today, this morning, there's a church meeting in the bush of Africa. We installed a full-time pastor there that you folks partner with that's being supported by this ministry. They have a church building. Look at he needed transportation because we believed it wouldn't only be the first church, it would be the first of many planted there. To date, we've planted two there. So what did the ministry do? We bought him a motorcycle. Oh, don't get all uptight on me. That's the way I travel over there, amen? They bought him a Honda motorcycle so he can travel around and preach the gospel. Even bought him one of them goofy little helmets with it too. And one's from the, look like they're from the 70s. You know what I mean? Evil Knievel had one. They're like the f open face thing. <laughs> Traveling around preaching the gospel today. Why? Because of people like you. Talked to a friend of mine in Zanzibar the other day. He said, Tyler, he said, when the pandemic came, whatever, he said, and I got to watch what I say, but it's whatever. I'm not part of it, so I could say it. He said, most assembly of God churches shut down. And when they shut down, they shut down their support too. 
He said Peckville was the only church that didn't shut down or shut down their support. He was able to stay on the field in Zanzibar in a 99% Muslim nation preaching the gospel. Talked to a friend of mine the other day, Zach Ray, getting ready to go back to India. He's, you know why he's going back? He said, Tyler, he said, everything was locked up for me. Came back to itinerate and the COVID hit. He said, when I came to Peckville, you guys were wide open and we financially blessed him to be able to get him back on the field in India. Amen? Because I know people need Jesus in India. He said, it's like something happened. He said, when you guys sowed into our ministry to go back to India, he said, it's like things opened wide open for us again. He said, in states where things were open, churches started calling us and asking us to come speak to itinerate. We have 98% of our budget raised. I said, do me a favor, Zach. This is like the other night at midnight. I said, get yourself to Honesdale. I'll let you lead worship on a Sunday night, do whatever. I said, we'll get that 98% to 100% and get you guys back on the field. Why? Because people in India need Jesus. It's on a cruise ship in Europe. Having a wonderful time, and a guy, you know, they wait on you at the tables and that. And it was from India. And we got to talking. He said, Man, you guys are just so nice. There's something different about you. He kept wanting to hang out at our table. He said, There's a peace about you guys. See what I'm saying? It's called the Holy Spirit. So it's called the Holy Spirit. And we're preaching at him. We're sitting there. I'm stuffing my fat face. Amen. Come on, somebody. I pay to go on that thing. I'm going to eat my way out of that thing. I don't drink and I don't smoke, but I eat well. Amen. guy asked me, he said, are you pregnant? I said, what? He said, how many are you feeding? <laughs> now, this man from India, he said, there's something different about you. I, I tried to explain to him. I said, well, what we do is, I, I said, well, actually, we, we speak. And I know, my country. He named the exact ministry that Zach works with. <laughs> Jesus. He said, in my country, they start churches all over. He said, they have a hospital. They take care of our sick. Watch. I was in a cruise ship in Europe. Ask my father. Ron was with us too, I think. A cruise ship in Europe. And this man knew the ministry on a cruise ship in Europe from India because people like you support to give to world missions. That's why I'm so passionate about there'll be people in heaven just because of your giving alone, let alone you representing them. This church supports over 50 missionaries full-time a month. You know what that takes? A lot of money. It's not about money, but I'm just being upfront with you. I'd never be anything but honest with you. That's all I can be. If you don't like it, that offends you. Well, too bad. Join the cancel culture or whatever. Amen. Everybody's offended by everything anymore. Good God. The Bible says the gospel is an offense to many. That's the scripture I stand on. People get offended. Amen. Watch this. Supporting 50 full-time missionaries. I believe out of all 50 of those nations, people will be in heaven and someday thank you. Someday thank you. Kenya now, the medical clinic. We're feeding is a little over 300, right? HIV infected widows and orphans. Every single day, you're feeding them. You know what that takes? A lot of money. Not, not shy about it. People say, oh, they say stuff about money. Yes, because we're using the money as a tool to reach people for God. Money's neither good nor bad, it's a tool. Well, boy, don't shout me down, I'm preaching good. I said, money is neither good nor bad, it's a tool. What you do with it makes it good or bad. Oh boy, come on. You could use money to go buy drugs or you can use money to fund the gospel. What you do with it makes it good or bad. Now we have this medical clinic going up. Got a doctor we're hiring over there. Why? Because these people never had medical care in the bush. Now they're going to get medical care. We're feeding them every day, getting them medical care every day, and now we got a church to put them in. Why? Because we believe that the blessing of God is the empowerment to prosper. It's the empowerment that comes upon our life, the blessing of God for us to prosper, to be a blessing in this earth, to reach as many people for Jesus as we can. Told you what God does in you, what God brings to you, He wants to bring through you. Doing all we can to change our world together. Does it cost money to do Heaven's Gates? Yeah, about seven grand. Is it worth it? Absolutely. It's never an expense. It's an investment. I said it's an investment. Never an expense given to the work of God. It's always an investment. I said it's always an investment. Why? Because I believe every dollar represents a soul. 
I said, every dollar represents a soul. We've been on television now nearing 20 years of ministry on TV, on secular TV. Why? Because we're reaching people for Jesus. The number one way people have come through this ministry, watch this, is watching on TV. So when we get these big TV bills, you know what I say? God, you got mail. Where's Kevin Jane? He'll tell you. I said, God, you got mail. Come on, somebody. No, I never once wonder how we're going to pay for a thing. I just believe God. I believe he'll supply all of our needs and always be more than enough. Why? Because God's using the TV ministry as a medium to reach people with the gospel. Today on Facebook, God's reaching people all over the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. This morning, we're on Friends Forever Network, which is a television network we help fund from this ministry out of Montego Bay, Jamaica. God bless Jamaica. Come on, somebody. If God called me the islands, I'm ready to go tomorrow. Amen? Come on. Especially in the dead of winter. Sign me up. Turks and Caicos is the preference, but I'll go wherever. Come on. I'm an equal opportunity employer. Aruba, I can do it all. Barbados, come on, somebody. I love Puerto Rico, DR, St. Thomas, St. Martin. Send me. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Amen. I'll send you guys some sand from the warm weather. Come on. We're on TV, Friends Forever TV. is a television network. This ministry literally funds out of Montego Bay, Jamaica, that streams all over the islands. People tuning in from Brazil, man. People tuning in Chile, all these places. Why? Because God wants to use you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because God wants to use His ministry by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because God has called us to live life on mission and live life beyond ourselves. How do I do it? Very simply, just believe God with your heart and confess with your mouth. Mike, I screw up more than I get it together. Amen? But thank God His precious Holy Spirit still uses me. Still using you. Still using everybody in this place. Come on, somebody. Perfect? By no means. You wait to be perfect, you'll never get it. Oh, boy, come on. I said, you'll never have it all together. You're just making another excuse. You get, you get rid of one problem with your life, you'll, you'll find another one. Some people are professional problem finders. Amen? Let me give you the professional solution. His name is Jesus Christ. He hung on a tree over 2,000 years ago for you and I. He gave his best. You understand? God gave his best for you and me. God believed so much in seed time and harvest, he sowed a seed named Jesus, that he might reap a harvest of many children. The Bible tells us Jesus Christ was the firstborn amongst many brethren. I had a whole different message to preach. I never even got there. It's okay. Happens to me all the time. Blame ADHD, the Holy Spirit, whatever you want. It's, you know. Here's what I know. God wants to use you and wants to use me. God wants to use this church unlike ever before. God wants to use Thrive Church in Honesdale unlike ever before. I was telling the guys at the board meeting the other night and they're laughing at me like they usually do. Amen? It's okay. We're having a nice meal together. And I said, you know, guys, I'm an interesting type of person, believe it or not. My wife said to me one day, when's enough ever going to be enough? I said, never. Amen. I'm just going to hustle till the Lord calls me out of here. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to go to the day I drop. And I said to her, guys, I said, you know, we're going over the, the attendance numbers for Thrive on Sunday nights. We've been running about 150 people. That's pretty good, right? In a town, of, it's less than 4,000 people. It's not too bad. I said, I'm disgusted. I'm satisfied, but I'm dissatisfied with my satisfaction. Does it make sense? In my head, it does anyway. I said, Lord, 150 people? I'm not coming here for only 150 people. You know God's laughing at me. Come on, if you can't be, amen? If, she said, amen. If God, if you can't be real with God, what else can you be? Come on. So I said, God, I, man, I appreciate it, but I'm a little annoyed. Come on. You ever, can you be real with God? Come on, let's take the mask off, at least in church. This is a beautiful building, and I want the ceiling to fall in. Amen? Come on, somebody. I said, God, I'm not ungrateful. I thank you for what you're doing, but I've got to reach more people for you. God is burning in me. It's like a fire shut up in my bones. God, I wake up in the middle of the night thinking how we can reach more people for you. It's a passion on the inside because I said, Lord, I don't ever want my passion to go out. 
I don't want the devil to win somebody else to drug overdose. Had enough of people dying from nonsense. Addiction is the thing we've been dealing with most because that, that area has been ravished with it. But I believe that we're a bright light in the darkness up there. I believe things are shifting and breaking in our favor. Watch this. As much as I've seen a Muslim come in and give their heart to Christ and a Hindu give their heart to Christ and a girl get delivered from meth. And I can go on and on and on about stories about God's goodness and what he's doing up there on Sunday nights. Every time I hear another testimony, it makes it worth it. These guys were laughing at me on the table and they're all just encouraging me. They said, Pastor, you got to understand, man. It's winter time instead of winter. I know, but still, you know, pastor, just encouraging me. Great men. Amen. Great men will always encourage you. I said, great men will always encourage you. Any uh, donkey can kick over a barn. It takes a skilled craftsman to build one. I said, it takes a skilled craftsman to build one. Be a person who's an encourager this week. Be a person that speaks faith this week. Be a person that be a good witness this week. And I promise you, as you give out goodness and mercy out of your life, God will dump more and more goodness and mercy on your life. So first Sunday of the month, we receive a missions offering on the first Sunday of every month. We do not apologize for it because it literally goes directly into the hands of our missionaries. In fact, we don't even send it to the assemblies. We send it directly to the people. Get the money on the field as quick as we can. Amen. So we're, if you'd like to give something today towards that, they'll put up a slide on the ways to give. If you don't want to, that's fine. There's no, no pressure ever to give. As people are getting prepared to give, and I close, I'll say this to you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you don't know my Jesus. Today's your day. You're not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. You're not watching on the other side of that camera by accident. You're watching by divine appointment. I don't get up and preach because I need something to do. No, I'm driven by the passion of winning people to Christ Jesus. I believe you've tuned into this television broadcast by divine appointment. I believe we're on Facebook and YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter by divine appointment. I believe by, through the podcasts and the audio outreaches and the radio on the air, I believe every medium that we're doing to reach people for Jesus, I believe you've tuned in by purpose. I believe God has called you and has a plan for your life. I believe that God sent his son over 2,000 years ago to be beaten for you and I. God believes so much in seed time and harvest, he sowed a seed named Jesus to to reap you as a harvest. I believe today by faith that this church loves you, but more importantly, God loves you. And God has great plans for you. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ came. He suffered for you and I. He took a beating for you and I. He took the cat of nine tails for you and I. He was publicly smitten. The Bible says he was beaten beyond recognition for you and I. And I believe you're here by divine appointment because Christ wants to save your soul. How do I access God the Father? Through Jesus. We don't pray to Jesus. We pray to God the Father through the name of Jesus. Proper prayers to God the Father through the name of Jesus. So every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask you today to pray this prayer in faith. It's not so much the words you say, it's the posture of your heart. It's the heavenly transaction, seed time and harvest right now, that we give our sin and receive his salvation. You give your sickness and receive his healing. Why? Because he died and paid for it. Every head bowed and every eye closed, you repeat this prayer after me in faith. Say, Dear Jesus, come on, dear Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of all my sin. I receive salvation today. Father, there is no other name by which man could be saved than Jesus Christ. I receive salvation. I receive healing. I received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Use me this week by the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus name. Now do me a favor quick and I'll turn you loose. Every hand lifted to heaven if you wouldn't mind. Father in Jesus mighty name. I use the authority granted to me by God himself through the name of Jesus. I bind every work of the enemy over everybody in the sound of my voice. Every bit of sickness and disease, I curse it off your body in Jesus' name. I don't care if it's cancer or the common cold. I bind it through the mighty working of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says whatever I bind on earth is bound from heaven, and whatever I loose on earth is loose from heaven. I loose the gift of healing and the working of miracles in this house. I believe people that had pain and came in here, they'll leave without pain. I believe people just like God touched my sister in the back from congestive heart failure. I believe God's working miracles in this place today by the power of his Holy Spirit. All you have to do, you don't achieve any healing, you just receive what Jesus already paid for. 
I curse every bit of diabetes in this place. I curse every bit of trouble with lungs in this place, every bit of back pain. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet, I command your body to get in line with the Word of God and be made well in Jesus' mighty name. Why? So God can strengthen you and empower you for service. I pray, just like Heather's testimony was a couple weeks ago, she was watching me preach down in Maryland. Went, was on crutches on Friday. Sunday night she watched me. God healed her watching at home. She went to work Monday morning and the workers asked her who she went and saw because her crutches were gone. Her pain was gone because God reversed everything. I curse everything the devil's brought against you and send it right back to the sender. And I lose healing, health, joy, peace, and prosperity over your life. Now, as we get back to our missionaries, I played a blessing of God over these 50 missionaries. I pray we just picked up two more missionaries on support last month. I pray we'd be able to continue to increase our support to these missionaries to reach as many people as we can to change our world together in Jesus' mighty name. All God's people said? Come on, all God's people said? Come on, give God a mighty clap and shout. We're going to receive the missions offering as you go. There's ushers in the back with a bucket. If somebody's collecting offering envelopes and isn't an usher, do us a favor and tackle them. Amen? No, I'm teasing. Or there's buckets up here if you want to give to the work of God. If not, God bless you. I pray you have the best week of your life in Jesus' name. Amen? God bless you guys. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed that message. And if you did, take a photo of yourself listening and tag us on social media at Peckville Assembly of God. We'll see you next time. And remember, we love you, God loves you, and may God's richest blessing be yours.